You're listening to Childcare Voices. Lack of affordable childcare and low pay for childcare workers is a major cause of poverty and inequality. We are Grow Your Own, an oral history project that is looking to the past for inspiration to tackle the problems we face today. We're on a mission to record the history of childcare organising and share lessons from the past. We've brought together a group of people who are all affected by childcare in some way to research the historical roots of the issues they face. As they look into the past, will they find a solution that helps them? Hi, I'm Genova, mum of two, local historian and breastfeeding advocate. I am also currently breastfeeding my two-year-old daughter. I became a mum at 22 with my first child and felt quite alone in my endeavour to breastfeed as I knew no one my age doing the same. When attending support groups or talking to other breastfeeding mums, they were all much older than me, so our lives were very different in many ways. I was fortunate enough to have support from my mum, also a young breastfeeding mum, when she had me at only 19. We do lead by example, and I had a great role model, but times had changed since my mum had my two sisters and I. Fast forward to my second child, and I was a single working mum, with the added pressures of returning to work after maternity leave. I found it difficult to relate to anyone or compare my situation as anyone I had known to breastfeed either cut back or stopped before returning to the workplace. Breastfeeding can particularly affect a mum's return to work as the separation of mum and baby can lead to various emotional stresses as well as health implications including mastitis in mothers, a painful inflammation of the breast tissue and weight loss in infants. It can be difficult for partners or family members to understand the pressures or emotional impact mothers can face during this time. It's important for everyone supporting a mother to be as informed about breastfeeding as possible to enable mothers to make choices that best suit them and their baby. Studies show that breastfeeding can promote an emotional bond between mum and baby despite pressures or difficult times in your life. Judith Marchant, mother and founder of Newham's First Children's Centre, shares her experience of breastfeeding her first child, born in 1959. Can you remember how you felt as a very new parent with your first child? I loved it. And my mother-in-law came up and stayed. Anne was her second grandchild. And the first one, Simon, had been very underweight and very poorly. And Anne was eight and a half pounds or something, and very straightforward. And I remember Mum talking about the difference, how big Anne felt. But Mum was very good. She didn't... She let me sort out, let me do it. Um, This is your mother-in-law? Yes, yes. She sorted the kitchen and the washing and was just helpful, but she didn't direct me. Um, I was breastfeeding, that worked, and Anne was easy. If you fed her every four hours, that was great. Nothing else. The others were quite different. (laughs) But I loved it. Yes, lovely, lovely time. (laughs) It is no secret that breast milk is the best food source for babies. The World Health Organisation recommends exclusively breastfeeding babies for the first six months and if possible continuing to breastfeed alongside solids for the first two years. 
There is no time limit on how long your breastfeeding journey should last. Returning to work often comes at the cost of breastfeeding, despite the multitude of benefits it can have for both the mum and the baby's health. There are many difficulties and pressures when establishing breastfeeding. This is true of both past and present. As I found out listening to Margaret Peck's oral history of her experience in the 1950s, which is testament to the lack of information and support women received when starting out on their breastfeeding journeys. So did you try to breastfeed your first baby? I tried, I tried, I tried everything. And they said to me in the hospital it was like getting blood out of a stone. I tried, I tried what they said, drink cocoa, drink this, I tried everything. But no, and I was very big, you know, that. You'd think that I had plenty there because I was always full busted. But no, no. But anything wouldn't come. So the second one, for about a fortnight, but it just dried up. The third one might have been successful. I was able to feed her straight away in hospital, but I've got an abscess. So it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So. Listening to Margaret Peck still resonates today. I have heard many wives' tales myself about ways to improve milk supply, as well as peculiar weaning methods, such as adding lemon and chilies to your nipples. Ouch. Times are moving on a little, but mothers are facing the same issues surrounding misinformation. For mothers approaching the subject with their employers, if there was more comprehensive information and advice to support families, women can continue breastfeeding in a way that works for them. Women go back to work at different stages, some as early as six months or nine months, where others may go back after 12 months. Situations may present themselves in different ways for individual families, just as there are protective measures for pregnant women in the workplace. I believe breastfeeding mothers should be entitled to the same rights. Many other European countries have statutory rights for breastfeeding mothers to have paid breaks to express milk or have regular shorter breaks. In the UK, this is not the case and many breastfeeding mothers have to make the case under health and safety and sex discrimination laws, which doesn't take into account specific breastfeeding requirements. My name's Laura Eggleton and I'm a primary school teacher from Hull. I've been teaching just over five years. I returned to work when Rory was nine months old and my plan was to continue to breastfeed slash pump. Rory did struggle to take anything from a bottle from the minute we tried him at about a month old and luckily he did begin to take little bits out of the bottle so I was reassured that if I went back to work if he was hungry and needed it between me feeding him he would take some from the bottle but in terms of expressing at work they, they were really supportive from the very beginning I wasn't sure what my rights were there wasn't wasn't much in the policy it just said to support where necessary they did a risk assessment they basically just said like what do you need when do you need it and how long for and I could pretty much just say whatever I needed and it was really just quite straightforward like that so I just followed my helper's advice she advised that I pumped at 10 o'clock and at two o'clock and so I would do that for around 30 minutes but everyone was really supportive so I didn't sort of feel like a burden or anything like that it was it was really good it just meant that I could go back to work and not have that stress I found it really positive I was lucky enough to be able to do it when I wanted at work. But then once my employers were looking into sort of what the rights were, I also did a bit of my own research. And basically, I found that the law on the government website 
nurses that, you know, breastfeeding ones are entitled to frequent work breaks when they're returning to work, but the law doesn't currently allow a simple, straightforward right to breastfeeding breaks, which I almost found quite contradictive. <laughs> so there are sort of mentions of it in the Health and Safety and Sex Discrimination Act but it's, there's nothing that provides a straightforward break, which is what I had a problem with. You've almost got to prove and fight for it and prove that it's going to have a negative impact on your health or your baby's health to be able to do it. Um, and the World Health Organization recommends breastfeeding for up to two years. And I just think it's okay having that advice out there, but then unless there's any, it doesn't have any weight to it if there's no statutory backing when mums go back to work. People say, you know, we'll just stay off for the year and continue to breastfeed so you can have your 52 weeks off work maternity leave but you don't get the maternity pay for that long I think it's only 30 or 39 weeks so there are lots of mums that go back before the child turns a year old let alone two years old so it's, it's making it quite difficult for mums who are going back to work before the child's two and want to continue to breastfeed to be able to do that and I think it's obviously just encouraged for employers to do that. And I think so while some employers are really supportive and will do that, unfortunately, some will only do what they have to do and sort of give their employers the bare minimum. Um, so I've obviously started to look around and obviously I've come across Boobinit, the magazine that I've been working with, and I've had loads of stories come in. And, you know, we've put out a question poll and mums are having, they're being given no time, they're being given no space, which is... The law actually says that they are required to provide a space that isn't a toilet and it's got to be hygienic. But some mums are even being asked to do it in a bathroom or they're not provided the break at all or they're losing pay to do it. So they're struggling in that sense, especially with the current climate with inflation. So they're just making it really hard. In Norway, France, Portugal, Italy and Germany, they all provide paid breastfeeding or pumping breaks until the child is 12 months. Sweden provides paid breaks until the child is 18 months and Denmark and Spain both provide it until the child is nine months. So I just kind of think, well, why, why, why can't we have that? Why are we sort of one of the very few places that don't have any sort of rights in place? And I just think it might encourage mums that want to to breastfeed for longer or pump for longer if that's what they want to do. I think it's all about choice, like... I mean, no way sort of saying, you know, that breast is better or anything like that. I think it's purely about choice. And if mums want to do that, then they should be able to do that. I mean, returning to work is hard enough with its own challenges without having that extra stress of, can I express my milk and will I lose pay because of it? While some mums are trying to use their existing breaks, you legally only have to be given a 20-minute break if you work more than six hours. So it's almost like, well, for me personally, my pumping breaks were 30 minutes each and the NHS advise expressing at least every three hours when you're first away from your baby that's the advice but then there's nothing sort of legally there to protect you and to enable you to do that in every workplace I just really thought like when something needs to change here and I just thought it was just a standard I was really shocked when I read all this I just thought how on earth is this right Breastfeeding mums should have individual rights that support and allow her to continue to feed her baby even after returning to work. As Laura mentioned in her interview, both the NHS and the World Health Organisation promote the benefits. But how does this work in practice if there are no formal policies and families have to rely on the discretion of their employer? 
I had a look through Tower Hamlet's local history library and archives records to see what they reveal about breastfeeding support groups in the borough. I came across newsletters from the mid-1980s which cited a few articles from a support worker. Joy Hastings is a retired infant feeding manager in Tower Hamlets and currently vice chair and tutor for the Breastfeeding Network charity. This is what she had to say. I used to manage the baby feeding team in Tower Hamlets, which meant that organised all the services for mums in pregnancy, in the hospital and afterwards, made sure that they had their support they needed with infant feeding, particularly breastfeeding, but also any way they chose to feed their babies, we would support them with that. Well, I think mums get very stressed thinking about it. Um, maybe not so much in the pregnancy, but once they have their baby, they suddenly look at the baby and think, oh gosh, how can I leave this baby and go back to work? So it starts straight away, becomes rather stressful. And if they're breastfeeding, they start feeling that they need to make arrangements if they want to continue to breastfeed when they go back to work. So mums go back to work at different times, so maybe six months, a year, even older. And for those mums who want to continue breastfeeding, there's quite a lot to, to think about. They need to talk to their employers and they also need to talk to something like the baby feeding team to get some information on how to do it practically. Breastfeeding mums should be able to tell their employer what they need in order to usually once you're back at work express your milk and store it safely so that you can take it home to your baby but I'm also aware that it isn't always carried out in real life <laughs> so the policy is there um, but maybe it isn't legal or, or enough for it for all employers to follow it. We did go into um, childcare settings and talk to them about their breastfeeding policies and actually I have to say in Tamlis we found them very open to children in their care but continuing to be breastfed, mums being able to come in and sit and breastfeed while dropping them off or picking them up. It went along with the whole sort of healthy eating policy in, in Child Hamlets. It should be a principle that mums should be able to continue breastfeeding for as long as they want to. So if that involves continuing to breastfeed when they go back to work, then that should be facilitated. And I think for some employers, um, maybe it's not very clear or they think it's different depending on how old the baby is. And, you know, some employers just aren't as facilitative as as others in you know in the transition back to work and the stress that that can cause if it's not handled well so i think it should be clearer there should be maybe a helpline for employees to call and see what they need to do and just be very receptive to whatever the the new mother says it is clear from Joy's decades of experience that there needs to be more concise and clear information for mothers, partners and employers. It's great to hear that from her work and experience with childcare providers in Tower Hamlets that they were committed to support breastfeeding mums returning to work when provided with the resources and education to better support breastfeeding mums. Maternity Action is a great resource for both mums and employers to use to understand the rights of breastfeeding women returning to work. During pregnancy... These conversations are easy to hold with employers. Mothers can have different needs surrounding health and well-being during pregnancy. 
If the same attitude and understanding is adopted by employers, it may prove to be more of a smooth transition for many women, including myself. Breastfeeding benefits both mum and baby, emotionally and physically. Flexibility for families from employers and childcare settings is so important to ease that transition back into work. Whether mothers are breastfeeding, combined feeding or formula feeding, all those involved in supporting mothers need to be better informed on the rights of the mother returning to work and their obligations to support her. You've been listening to Child Care Voices. This episode was written and produced by Genova Messiah. The series was made as part of a training course run by Hannah Kemp-Welch with support from Rosa Schling and Veronica Deutsch. Sound design by Hannah Kemp-Welch. Thank you to Nanny Solidarity Network for the crash. The Grow Your Own Oral History Project is run by On The Record and funded by Trust for London. Find out more at on-the-record.org.uk or follow us on Twitter at growyourown underscore OHP.